Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There are some truly horrible deaths out there in video games. Gory, painful ends that are given to our beloved characters as their heads are ripped from their bodies or they're drowned in their own blood. Sometimes, however, it is possible that a quick, if horrible, demise would have been the kinder option. After all, wouldn't you rather have everything fade to black and be at peace instead of being stuck in some kind of eternal torture? I'm Amy from What Culture, and here are 10 horror game fates worse than death. 10. Amnesia Rebirth Becoming a Human Energy Drink Whilst these particular humans look dead and more like rotted corpses than sentient beings, the ghouls in Amnesia Rebirth are very much alive and definitely out for blood. After being lured by the Empress into her dimension to drink her supposedly healing water, unfortunate people begin their transformation into harvesters, ghouls unwittingly acting on the behalf of the Empress to obtain Vitae, a substance which she needs in significant quantities to sustain her Herself. They're rotted, zombie-like figures who hunt and torture regular humans in order to obtain the Vitae. Our protagonist sees pretty much all her mates either be killed by or become these monsters, and they're consistently her most immediate enemy throughout the story. This fate sucks because you have to suffer through a confusing and seemingly unstoppable transformation, and then spend the rest of your existence as a subhuman predator, serving the very villain who is to blame for making you this way in the first place. Devoid of humanity, you could kill friends or family and remorselessly torture them. Even before you've been fully transformed, the fear and the ongoing process of change can cause you to do things you never thought you would, beginning your loss of humanity long before you're far gone enough not to feel bad about it. 9. Splatterhouse The Mask Lives On Inspired by the much-loved slasher movie genre, 2010 Splatterhouse is a reboot of the 1988 original that continues to pay homage to much-loved 80s horror. After donning a cursed mask in order to save himself and his girlfriend, from certain death, protagonist Rick finds himself battling a whole host of twisted enemies, collecting blood from the defeated in order to unlock moves and special attacks, and occasionally being able to use your own ripped-off limbs as weapons, the player hacks and slashes their way through endless enemies. With Rick's eventual goal obviously being the salvation of him and his girlfriend, and stopping the malicious Dr. West from seeing through his terribly thought-out evil plot, it's really gotta suck that regardless of how things play out, there really isn't any winning. The end of the game sees his girlfriend Jennifer become possessed by a vengeful spirit. Despite everything he's done, Rick is unable to keep her safe. And then comes the real kicker. The evil mask he puts on to complete his mission? He can't take it off. It's fused to him, stuck to his skin, and destined to stay a part of him forever. A reminder of his failure. Also, I can't imagine any future job interviews going particularly well with a goofy mask plastered to his mug. 8. 
We happy few being terminally joyful. In a dystopian alternate history England, the town of Wellington Wells has developed its own way of coping with life following the loss of the Battle of Britain and the things they had to do in order to secure safety from the Germans in their humble island hamlet. Residents are all hooked on a drug called Joy, which manipulates how they view their environment so they aren't constantly reminded of the war-torn state and the fragility of everything. With the use of Joy being held as a high priority and being strictly enforced, Wellington Wells is pretty much a surveillance state with a big police violence problem. Essentially, you can take your happy drugs or you can get cast out and die, be complicit in your own incapacitation or rebel and have your life ripped away. And what kind of choice is that? It's a constant fight for survival playing as any one of the three protagonists, each with their own abilities, limitations and complex pasts. Being trapped in a police state where even the water wants to subdue you into complacency must wear you down. With each passing day becoming harder to endure and resist giving in to the sweet psychedelic relief of joy. 7. Outlast Stuck in Mount Massive Asylum With every little thing in the game being so genuinely horrific, it's a bit hard to pick just one fate that's worse than death, so we've gone a little rogue with this one. Warrider, the malevolent collection of nanites that has been absolutely eviscerating patients and staff alike inside the asylum, is revealed to be controlled by a patient named Billy Hope. Given the information that its existence was brought about by dream therapy being conducted on highly traumatised patients, we can assume that for Warrider to be so powerful and active, then its controller, Billy, must be in a constant dream state, and he's not having very nice dreams. In life, Billy would have been subject to the cruel treatment and experiments we learned were commonplace at the asylum. Now, in a comatose state, he is still riddled with nightmares induced by the trauma that put him there in the first place. Never mind the millions of layers of horror the asylum assumedly added to it. If that doesn't do it for you, you can pretty much look at any of the other patients you encounter throughout the game and be confident they're not living their best life. Under constant threat from War Rider, other patients, and even just the wrecked conditions they exist in, nobody is a winner in this game. 6. Bendy and the Ink Machine Bendy Hell Forever When retired animator Henry Stein receives a letter from a previous colleague of his, Joey, inviting him to their old animation studio, he sees absolutely no reason to be suspicious and goes right ahead. Even after entering the long-abandoned studio and finding a defunct ink machine and a tape recording detailing how Joey he got really into the occult, he still decides it's a fair idea to just spark up that bad boy. As soon as he successfully gets this machine booted up, however, he is attacked by what appears to be a demonic version of the old studio mascot, Bendy. From there, it's all downhill. What follows is Henry's deeper descent into the inky madness, encountering a number of evil adversaries along the way, as well as inky versions of fellow previous studio employees. The real kicker comes at the end, when Henry seems to have traversed the worst of it and reached the end of his nightmare, only to get dropped back right at the start of it all. It seems there isn't an escape. Despite his trials and tribulations, he's placed back at the start to repeat it all seemingly forever, living in a loop in inky hell. 5. Solarix Inevitable Death in the Great Expanse It's nothing new in space-based horror games to have someone's fate be a hopeless traversal of space, with no potential for survival and no means by which to get back. This, however, doesn't make it any less horrific. After going through all the trauma of being the sole survivor of a human colony ravaged by a zombifying virus, protagonist Walter also becomes a target of a group of mercenaries on something of a clean-up mission. Even after doing everything in his power to try to amend the situation, it's still not enough. 
Walter finds that not enough of the serum supposed to cure the infection was ever created to be viable, and with everyone apart from himself dead, he's hurled into space as the evil alien machine that caused all these problems detonates the planet. No one's around to pick him up, no one's alive that knows how to help him, and he's without a ship or any supplies, simply floating in space. It's a pretty grim fate, dying knowing that you essentially accomplished nothing, especially when this death comes in the form of a prolonged, lonely float through space. 4. Resident Evil 7 – Controlled by the Mold Family's everything, that's what they say, right? Well, Resident Evil 7's Evelyn surely believes this and she takes it far beyond where any reasonable person should. Looking innocent enough in her passable human forms, Evelyn actually employs use of a psychotropic mold to control those around her. She's obsessed with the idea of having a family and first infected Mia, our protagonist's wife, in order to make her behave as her mother. Mia and the Bakers were all under Evelyn's control, living in the squalid conditions we see them in. From piecing together the bits of evidence we see the Baker family was normal once upon a time. They could have been the all-American dream team with their period home and acres of land, but instead they were morphed into the grotesque, terrifying beasts we know them as. Though they aren't exactly aware of quite how gross their situation is, with that first sequence at the table showing us what Marguerite genuinely thinks is a lovely spread of food, belief that ignorance is bliss surely doesn't cancel everything out. Would it not be better to just be peacefully dead than to live on and become a monster? 3. Dante's Inferno Demonic Francesco Admittedly, it is pretty hard to feel bad for someone who looks as horrific and demonic as Francesco. This guy didn't have it great in life, and when you assume he'll receive the ultimate peace in death, he was instead placed in the seventh circle of hell, the circle of violence. As a living bloke, he really thought he was fighting for what was right, honouring God's name. He confronted Dante over his sins and missteps, rallied to spare the lives of the slaves Dante slaughtered, and even took the fall for Dante's crime, which led to his death. Now deformed, into a twisted demon, his back impaled with swords, you can understand why he's a bit upset at Dante and doesn't understand why God has forsaken him. It's definitely a raw deal to be doomed to eternity in the most violent circle of hell, perpetually cursing your best friend for causing your death and questioning your faith and morality for it seems to have failed you. The guy really did do his best, it's just that his best friend then slept with his sister and caused him to get hung, and having to dwell on that for eternity whilst having a a bunch of knives stuck in your spine isn't gonna be fun. 2. Unforgiving, a northern hymn, being one with nature. After a car accident leaves Lynn and her brother Lucas stranded in the woods, the two quickly realise that they're at risk from more than just exposure and wild animals. One of the most monstrous forms occupying the woods takes being one with nature to a whole new level, with trees bearing miserable human features and voices. Assumedly, each of these tree people were long ago bitten by the Holdra, the naked woman, who really isn't a woman but rather a horrible monster, who bit Lynn's arm. Slowly and painfully, this bite causes your body to become consumed by roots, eventually cementing you to the spot whilst you complete your transformation to your woodland form. These tree spirits are evidently conscious and lucid enough to count as alive, as when you have to set fire to one in order to fit through a narrow passage, it begs you not to. It makes it all the worse that this particular tree is shaped like a mother holding a baby, complete with the infant's wails as you, like the evil person you are, douse it in gasoline and spark it up. 
up. It's not even as if the burning ends the tree mother's suffering, as in completing the game you find that the evil Nikon is keeping Lin in a loop, with the implication being that everything resets whenever she reaches the end. I mean, as if it's not bad enough to be trapped as a tree, being periodically burnt to death with your infant in your arms is really the icing on the bad day cake. 1. I have no mouth and I must scream. Infinite torture. This game always comes up when discussing the most hopeless and brutal endings in horror games, and that is for good reason. Everyone loves the good old evil supercomputer, and Allied Master Computer, or AM, is up on the top tier of terrifying technology. Developed initially as a tool to fight in a complex war, AM managed to absorb the two rival supercomputers before going on to wipe out humanity, sparing only five humans. However, you can't really call it sparing them, I guess, if the express reason for keeping their lives intact is to torture them for eternity. Am really despises humans, and after over a century of non-stop torture, they decide to step it up a notch and subject each of their human playthings to an experience of their own personal hell. I mean, it's thoughtful, at least. Featuring their worst nightmares, lookbacks at their personal failures, and glimpses of the long-dead people they once had in their lives, being subjected to this torture would definitely leave you reeling. It doesn't end there, though. Depending on which ending you get, things can be worse. In one instance, for example, a character who attempts to shut down Am's system is caught and turned into a blob. In another, hundreds of humans are awoken from cryogenic freezing only to begin their own endless cycles of torture. Being one of the five humans to survive this ordeal really isn't worth it, leaving all of them, I'm sure, truly envious of the billions that were wiped out before them. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.